Hello, Jake Howe here and welcome back to the Golf Journeys podcast. Today we are speaking with Steve Ivak from Elite Sporting Tours. I spoke to Steve a little while ago uh, and his company put together tours to the Masters. So they take roughly 250 to 300 Aussies across to the Masters in April each year. And he's been running it for more than 10 years. Every year has been bigger than the last. They've purchased a house very close to Augusta National where they host all of the Aussies heading across there. Uh, it's a trip that should be on everybody's bucket list. So we speak to Steve a little bit about the history of his company. Uh, we speak to him about some of his, his tips for viewing the Masters actually on site. And then we talk a little bit about getting tickets and how you can go about doing that. So it's about a 12 minute or 15 minute interview. Well worth that time to, to listen to it. So I've broken it up into three parts. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the interview and I'll speak to you at the other side. So my business partner, Terry Lucas, and myself are um, uh, very good friends. We're both corporate boys, if you want to coin it that way. We were um, at Pricewaterhouse and have had corporate careers, and, and Terry went on and had separate business himself after that, but just absolute golf lovers and golf nuts. And um, in 98, we we went to Augusta ourselves, just as, um, I guess, friends, and took one friend and actually three clients of, of Terry's at the time. And didn't really call it a tour but looking back we learned a lot and you know the tickets to the masters are just hard they were really hard 20 years ago and um we were lucky enough to get pulled out of the first ever lottery that augusta national created for practice round tickets in 1998 so we built a uh, trip to the states around that with um uh, wives and girlfriends at the time and just met at Augusta for four nights and, and the three days of, of the tournament or the practice round in 98 and, and, and that was it and really made all the more special by sort of following Greg Norman around in the 80s and 90s and, and seeing him when he's out here and then and you know getting to see him walk around Augusta National was always a bit of a dream as much as seeing the course itself which really to be honest now is um just as much of an attraction as people wanting to see the actual tournament itself. I mean, the, the grounds are unbelievable and, and the way the club puts on its tournament and, and runs the actual golf club is, is quite amazing. So yeah, it started quite humbly, like a lot of things do as a passion, it's a, it's a niche and we just started to make a lot of really good friends and, and contacts over there and then went back in 2001 for the actual tournament when Tiger won his Tiger Slam, took a few more friends and a couple of there, you know, friends, friends, and and I don't know, there might have been eight or ten of us in 2001 having a great time and, and going to the tournament, and things just sort of took off from there. When we came back to Australia, no one had really embarked on on doing something like what we've done, and anyone who had been had been similar to us, um, you know, found their own way of getting over there, cobbled together their own accommodation, and no one was really formally doing doing tours, I guess, the way they're known now yeah absolutely i think probably how many over the course of the 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 week how many spectators go through the gates at augusta um so they don't release figures but you know we can tell with badge numbers the patron badge is um one solid sort of plastic ticket for the week so it's Mm -hmm. the same number each day and we think around thirty-five thousand. um it doesn't get any more or less you know bobby jones started the tournament and clifford roberts ran it pretty well with an iron fist and they'd always had the mantra and one of the key parts of 
their constitution, I guess, is to make sure the patrons going there enjoy the viewing of the golf. And mm. so whilst it can get crowded in those last few holes only because there's only, you know, four or six guys left at the end of the tournament, it's actually one of the best viewing sporting events I've ever been to. I mean, it, it, you can you can move around and, yeah, there's a lot of walking, but you can see a lot. There's great vantage points. Um, so, yeah, we think around 35,000. So and they're just locked up by a patron list that hasn't really changed over the years. It's like the MCC list for us at, um, at the Melbourne Cricket Club here. It's the same people each year get the tickets and get access to the tournament and, um, and it really, you know, goes from there. They do have a ballot as well, don't they, which I, I wouldn't imagine there'd be too many tickets available for. No, so, yeah, so as I said earlier, the ballot originally, the concept started, it was a year after Tiger won in 97. It was, uh, not that I was there, but it was apparently Bedlam in lining up and, and walking in to the practice rounds in 97, you know, um, kilometres mm. of people wanting to get in. Um, so in 98, they changed the system to a, a ballot system. It wasn't electronic, it was literally just, you know, filling in a form and sending it in, which is what we did that first year. And then I'm guessing it's about four years ago that they changed the patron list to allow just people to, I guess, see the tournament because the same people get the same tickets each year to the tournament. And a lot of those um, do get passed on to friends and family and the like. But for the most part, if you're on that patron list now and get your couple tickets a year you get to go every year but the rest of uh, the world doesn't necessarily get to go so they now offer uh, a ballot system but from what i understand i mean that there's millions of people on that mm-hmm. list and they offer you know if you are lucky enough to get pulled out you might get one ticket on a thursday or two tickets on a saturday so it doesn't exactly make a reason for for going there for the whole week so you still need to you know sort out accommodation and sort out tickets for the rest of the week that you may not have been lucky enough to to get pulled out from yeah. so they are doing a really you know it's a good good move they're trying their best to allow the world to see the tournament as well um i don't know how many tickets they might release as a part of the ballot versus the traditional patron list but i wouldn't imagine many yeah and i guess this i guess is one of the reasons that makes the tournament so special is that it it is as 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 is on your website, a once in a lifetime experience if you get to attend. Yeah, we've got a lot of friends, um, both in the corporate world and golf world now, from having done this, and and it's top of the tree. I mean, probably outside of someone saying they want to go to a British Open um, at St Andrews, it's it's the number one thing on the golf bucket list, if not sporting bucket list, and. Um, and we continually hear from people, you know, I'll get there one day, I'll definitely come one day. Um, whether they're, you're in your 30s or, or 40s or retired in your 60s, I mean, it, it's the one thing every golfer, you know, should do. And um, and we're sort of living proof. I mean, I was, um, I can't remember how old, I was probably like 24 or 25 when we first went. And you go every year, it just hooks you and it's awesome. And, it, 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 you know, I've been lucky enough to be to World Cups and, and Wimbledon and, and British Open last year at Troon and, and, I mean, Olympics when they were here in Sydney and they just, nothing comes close to this. This is mm. amazing. It's an amazing event. No corporate sponsorship, just pure as it comes. And, um, and yeah, it's it's got to be number one, top of the tree for every golfer, um, I'd imagine. How do you like to view the tournament? Do you like following specific groups around or do you like sort of setting up camp in a particular area of the course? Or uh, But being Aussies, we always, you know, depending on which days we go, but Thursday, Friday, we always recommend, you know, follow the Australians. I mean, yeah. they're um, usually 
Jason and Adam will be one will be AM and one will be PM and, and vice versa just from a TV point of view but you know Curtis Luck this year our, um, our, our best uh, amateur and the um, US Am champ is going to get a start so following guys like that around it's quite special one there's not as many people following following internationals on those first few days when you've got you know, Tiger and Phil and Jordan and all those guys out there. It's still a very American-dominated crowd. Um, and then on the weekends, really, when it comes down to Saturday, I guess you pick and choose your groups. So Sunday, we always just follow the leaders. Um, you really stick around those those final two groups because outside of, I can't remember the exact stats, but outside of the top four, there hasn't you rarely get too many winners. Um, there's always guys threatening. There's always someone storming. But generally, you're going to get them out of the last four or six um, if not the last two so you see the best golf out of those groups and there is a bit of um, bit of walking to do but it's it's fun so we don't really plant ourselves too much on the final day we, we always recommend to move from hole to hole and be part of the action and, mm-hmm. and see as many shots as you can whereas on the first few days you might you know you might follow a group take a break and then choose your favourite spot and you know I mean Life can be worse than just sitting in a chair on the 16th for a couple of hours on yeah. a Friday afternoon and then watching, you know, 10 groups come through. So, yeah. um, but there are some wonderful viewing spots. They're not just all the ones people have seen on TV. There's a lot of great spots at the, you know, the back of the seventh and, and where you can see the second and, and, um, the bottom of the tenth and behind the eleventh tee, which is in the way back in the trees now from the first day I went. And, um, there's just some great places where you can have a rest and, and watch the best golfers in the world come by. If you're looking to get away yourself in 2018, take a look at our small group escorted tours. We've got one running to Vietnam and another running to New Zealand. Just head across to the website, golfjourneys.com.au, and you'll be able to download the full itineraries and have a look at all the details. Okay, let's get back to the episode with Steve. Have you ever had the opportunity to play the course? Uh, we did have the opportunity a couple of times. We didn't quite get there. Um, yeah. One was January last year. We got invited and there was a specific day and time and it just didn't work. Um, a lot of our friends, good friends, are um, locals and have played it. You know, I mean, a lot of them have played since they were kids and mm. just, that's the kind of uh, club it is. Obviously, it's getting harder and harder and, and uh, we're lucky enough to be friends with a few members but um you know the restriction of being all the way over here as well as the course is um it opens in the third week of october and closes the last weekend of may and obviously the tournament's in between and, and there's yeah. no unaccompanied play so when you throw all that in yeah it's probably sounds a bit silly that we didn't take up the invite but we figured it would maybe come around again but <laughs> we just couldn't get we just couldn't get there we just literally yeah. physically couldn't get there last january so um Anyhow. Augusta is, I guess, there are so many great courses around, in and around Augusta. Um, do you guys try and get, you know, try and play a few courses on tour or whatever? Yeah, so we probably play more afterwards just because there's a bit to do beforehand. But a lot of, I wouldn't say heaps, but I couldn't tell you the number, but there is a good portion of our group who like to play golf during the week. I would, I'd say most of them want to go all that way to just go to the Masters, which I, I'm all for. But, um, mm. you know, there's some great golf courses, including Augusta Country Club, which um, 
borders Augusta National um, on Amen Corner at the back there. So it's kind of cool playing playing that course. You know, it's call it three o'clock on a Thursday or three o'clock on a Friday, and you're playing the ninth hole at Augusta Country Club, which borders the twelfth hole and the thirteenth tee at the Masters. And you hear the roar and all that kind of stuff, and you can hear the crowds, and it's a pretty good buzz. Sage Valley uh, Golf Club's an amazing complex, and that was built, I'd say, almost 15 years ago, uh, 10 to 15 years ago, and um, it was built by a gentleman who just um, bought, had a lot of property or bought a lot of property and, and really has done it really well in terms of a five-star set-up, clubhouse accommodation and a wonderful golf course that's just jam-packed from 6.30am on Monday of Masters Week all the way to the last tea time on, on Sunday afternoon. So it's probably the number one. And then there's there's a lot of other courses we recommend um, clients can, can access within probably not that far, probably 20, 30 minutes of, of sort of central Augusta. So it's a pretty good experience if you're there with a group of four or eight and you can mix up going to the Masters as well as um, playing some golf. That's uh, it's a good trip. But we find most people are there for the golf, the, the actual tournament. And if they want to play golf, they've either done it before they come in or they yep. go to a Pinehurst or they go to a Pebble Beach um, afterwards. Okay, that wraps up our interview with Steve. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking at travelling to the Masters, or if you're looking at travelling anywhere, for, and including some golf for that matter, contact us. I'd love to help you out. You can shoot me an email, jake at golfjourneys.com.au, or you can give me a call, one 873 211 Next episode, we're going to be discussing Mornington Peninsula Golf. It's my homeland. I absolutely love the golf courses down here, so it's going to be a really enjoyable episode. I hope you can tune in for that one it will be launching in a couple of days time so keep an eye on your feed okay until next time enjoy